0: uh membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy nation what is up with you guys thank you so much for coming back i've got the one and only brad hightower he's got the i would say the best podcast, even better than the one you're listening to here uh which is my own his is high quality you know i put up a lot of shots and so i think we get the same amount of value at the end of the day to our viewers but or listeners listeners and viewers, we go on YouTube also. But Brad Hightower, I mean, if you've been on LinkedIn, if you've been following, like, social media spaces, he's doesn't really need an introduction. But I'll give one. If I make any mistakes, Brad, just jump in. But That's he work. owns uh, sites in the greater Oklahoma City area. He's looking to expand as well. He's not just limited to there. But he started out Oklahoma City uh, he's even expanded into oncology. So he's trying to do all kinds of therapeutic indications, was doing surgery trials, trying to do some derm. Him and I are going to collaborate and, you know, share studies, do biz dev with one another. Um, he's, his model is cool. He works inside the doctor's practice. So it's an interesting model because it limits overhead uh, to some extent. And I'm actually living that model right now. With the one site and soon to be another one with my dermatologist, but you know, you you stay you stay in that model, right? You don't ever intend to like get your own place, or is that am I wrong there?
1: Oh, so, so yeah, actually, you are wrong. We we do have a standalone site. Ah, okay. Um, uh, we moved into is maybe March of of this year. Um, so yeah, we do have a standalone site. Our preference is to stay integrated, just because of I feel like there's so many benefits of being right there with your physician. Uh, but we also work with physicians who are part of systems that we don't have access to and we can't get in. Uh, I, I also think it does help potentially allow for some collaboration where, you know, maybe a physician over here doesn't want to go to another physician's clinic, but the sort of a neutral ground in a way. So I can help, uh, you know, potentially bring physicians together who maybe wouldn't otherwise. So I yeah, like we do that. have a standalone space, not my, you know, intended business model, but I think it it does provide sort of another alternative for physicians who I can't get in their, their practice.
0: That's a good idea, actually. So we don't have our own space yet. This is a brand new company. July is when I moved out here. We just had our first SIVs. So January 22, we should start screening patients. And when I say we, I literally mean me and my nurse practitioner business partner and the PI that's it. But Here's the chat. I'm going to pick your brain a lot. I hate that word, pick your brain, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> oh, you like that word? I hate that word, man. People yeah. ask, can I pick your brain? I'm like, no, you can't <laughs> pick my brain. We can have have conversation. Oh, uh, right. The issue I'm having, my PI is cool as hell. I Like, I guarantee if you met him, he'd be in the top 10% of, like, cool PIs <laughs> you've ever come across. He's that. He, that's in my book. Sure. Uh, the problem is his office it's big and he's his reputation's the best in this community like everyone most people are owned by the hospital he's one of the few independents but the uh, some of the other independents they they got bad reputation he's got a very good reputation and he's got like eight other providers NPs or other MDs working in his office and every provider has their own MA so everything's like streamlined organized they're really they were the first people in, in Yuma to use electronic medical records like in the late 90s. They're on top of it. The problem I'm running into, as generous as they have been, they're not charging us rent or anything. We're running out of space because they give me one room and then I have like an attic, too. And we can use like his office, like his actual office to store drug if we need to. But I don't see us doing more than like three studies there because we only have two studies. They started shipping all these boxes. The entire room that I've been allocated is full of boxes. I got to go to Mara, empty everything out, throw the cardboard out, stack every all the kits and the EKGs and all that stuff that they send you, right? We're running out of space. And when he gets a new provider, I got lucky because the new provider that was supposed to work and take over my space, something happened where they can't do it. So I have, it bought me a few more months, but I have to be prepared to like move up to the attic at any given time. And as cool as the PI is, the reason he told me is like, I make more money from the providers than you. And I said, you know what? My response was for now. And then he left and he said, okay, but basically he's saying, show me, don't tell me. So, so uh, yeah, I'm I mean, sure that's, you dealt with this.
1: We have, when we are, we are now. And I think that's, I mean, what <laughs> the end there is really the key. I mean, I think once you show them how profitable it can be for them, a lot of times the the story starts to, to change a little bit. Cause man, I tell you, we, we operated for a long time out of like a 10 by 10 office within one of the providers we were with. And <laughs> frankly, it's, uh, even the hospital space we're in, we're outgrowing like it's, you know, try not to walk a CRA through there. If I can keep from it and walk him straight back to the, to the conference room, but it's still stacked up with stuff. But again, you, <laughs> if you show them the money, a lot of times you, you, things start to change a little bit. Things, uh, they start to, uh, you know, so allow how, you to get into because, that space.
0: So I did. So here's the thing. I, the budget we got for these two studies, really good budgets. I emailed him the budget. I'm an open book. I said, my books are open. Just, you know, the same model you have. Yeah. He looked at the budget. He's like, all right, it looks like a good number, but I don't understand it all. So, like, whatever. He's basically back to square one. Like, just show me the check.
1: Well, <laughs> unfortunately, that's that's it, I think. And I've seen it time again that uh, you'll get a little bit of attention from the PI and their clinic. Great. Well, if you start cutting them, you know, nice big checks, I start widening up a little bit and you get a little more cooperation and get a little more space.
0: Have you noticed uh, that personally?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've, <laughs> yeah we had, we had a study that was difficult to, to get surgery scheduled. Well, you know, start, get a few surgeries in and cut a six figure check. And then, you know, pretty soon you can get surgery. <laughs> you can have surgery tomorrow if, if you guys need, need surgery space. So, uh, wow. for better or worse, I think that, you know, that, that can certainly, uh, change the tides a little bit otherwise you know as well as i do this is a long it's a long game like building that relationship up building that trust uh it's not all financial but certainly doesn't hurt to come out hot with a mm-hmm. <laughs> nice check to your position if you can do it but yeah. aside from that that's where having some additional space does come in handy and it's nothing extravagant we have two exam rooms uh and you know it's coordinator space just enough to where we can Get done what we need to get done. I'd say it's no more than a couple thousand square feet, uh, relatively small, but again provides that additional storage opportunity. And, and until then, uh, in some of our other places, it's just been a matter of you know trying not to look too ghetto, keeping everything organized <laughs> as much as possible. But that's the sad reality sometimes.
0: So you started you started this what uh, what year now? It's been. It feels so like it's, it's not that actually, long ago, but it really is.
1: Well, it's twenty eighteen.
0: Oh, so okay. it was the
1: february 2018 is when i quit my job to do this full-time
0: wow brad that's not that long ago but you've been able to grow a pretty successful company in that time period
1: i mean i think the the model is like sells itself and i'm sure you've seen it too if, if you can really make it risk-free for physicians a lot of them want to participate in clinical trials it's not that you know, they don't want to for a, maybe the altruism of it, or B it's a nice revenue stream yep. or C it puts their name out front and center of, you know, being a cutting edge of, of new technology or whatever the case may be. It just has to be presented, I think in a, in a digestible way. Um, and again, you, you probably like, I would want to make it as easy as possible for these guys. And if you can do that, it pretty much will start to you know, starts starts to sell itself after a while. I really do feel that way.
0: I think so too. I think, uh, to get, but to get to the point where cause my doctors, my PI's never done a site selection visit. So he, I mean, he was doing it, but he's the kind of guy to be like, you know, the CRA came in there and like started going through the slides. And he, he looked at me and asked me like, loud in front of them hey i already looked at these slides what do i need to sit here for and i was like well this is how they do in research and by the way they're gonna come again for the siv so like just be prepared so he's getting used to it you got to kind of coach him a little bit but um these doctors you know they're not used to research because it's totally different from what they do day to you day
1: no know, it's true I, I do think it's always wise to you know try to prep our new PIs as much as possible. And because, yeah, you don't want them saying, well, I don't know. How do we do informed consent? Well, all right, <laughs> settle down. Let's let's talk this through and make sure, you know, on the same page. But I also think it's, uh, look, this is like the conundrum, right? Like, I think we need more, we need more physicians. We need more patients that are in different areas, which means you, they have to lean into the idea of using naive research, naive physicians. And again, I think that's where, great opportunity exists for, for people like you and and me to where we we can go, you know, slide into these, these clinics and these communities and create that infrastructure for them. So yeah, it's a, it's challenging to make sure that they're prepped for what research really entails, but ultimately I don't, I still think it's going to happen any other way.
0: How did you, 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 did you start out with surgery? Was that your first? um, So it was a,
1: a cardiology clinic and they have a, uh, ambulatory surgery center on site. So uh, one of the partners is actually a vascular surgeon. So they had surgery, a lot of interventional cardiology, and then sort of general cardiology as well. Um, and actually the big study that kind of got us, you know, a lot of growth was, was a, a surgical study.
0: Those are cash cows.
1: Well, especially if you can uh, work with, you know, true like category A devices, things that aren't, can't be billed uh that are true ides yeah Uh, they are because we also work with some of the biggest you know uh cardiology device companies in the world and they frankly their budgets aren't very good because they really nickel and dime you on the uh you know category b approved devices and things like that so it's uh yes and no i mean it can be a cash cow or it can also be a lot of effort for very little little pay as well
0: I see depending on the kind of device and then from from that from those indications cardiology and vascular surgery I'm assuming you had one cardiovascular surgeon as your PI uh, yes and from there well how did you get PI number two was it a contact of PI number one because that's how so, I got my PI number two
1: So no, we, that actually the next way was me cold calling MSLs, um, Ah, in my, in my area. And I still preach this to people. And you, I mean, you guys know every company works differently, but in a lot of these bigger companies, MSLs really kind of are the gatekeeper for recommending sites.
0: And that's medical Uh, science liaison for those that don't know.
1: Yeah. And uh, for a lack of any better definition, they seem like a you know, uh, sciencey salesperson. They're not sales, they <laughs> but they show up, they tell you about all the, the science and their their drugs, They may be able to tell you about the, the pipeline. It's a lot of farm
0: where science uh, meets cold hard cash. They, yeah, no, I'd say that's. They're that's actually probably cool. They're fair. usually pharmacists, they're doctors, uh, usually pharmacists from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So you called but, your MSL, like random MSLs.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I said, uh, you know, I was actually looking for some gastroenterology. Uh, cause I knew there was a lot going on hot. She, she happened to know a great doctor, uh, in Oklahoma city does not have research infrastructure, just made the introduction. Uh, and again, this led to the bigger agreement that i made with the hospital group and medical system. Cause he was part of a, a medical group. Uh, it could, of course it took, you know, nine months to actually get a contract in place with this medical group. But as soon as we did, the MSL awarded us three protocols, and it was pretty much off to the races from there. Uh, but I got he was, us inside the medical group.
0: He had his own outpatient practice, right?
1: So he has a, a clinic, but he's it's within the medical group. So in order for me to work with him, he went to administration and said, I want wow. this. And again, that was a huge turning point for me because that obviously opened me up to every therapeutic area and hundreds of doctors. Uh, So that was a big,
0: do you have an agree, like a financial agreement with the medical group or do you pay the PIs individually?
1: No. So I I have to pay, I pay the medical group and the medical group could pays the physician for their research time.
0: And the, what, how did you get that, this physician who you just met to sell his own group that he works for? Cause that's a potentially a risk for them. Like, yeah. Hey, if yeah. I bring this and they don't like it, it like backfires in my face. How did you do that?
1: I, so I don't know that it was so much me. I think that I happened to, uh, the model resonated with the physician. He's very academic, you know, comes from an academic background. He's a big thought leader in the space that he, that he works. So I honestly think a lot of it just had to do with, he liked the model. He'd been wanting to do research. It's a basically, financially risk-free you know we we show up and are there free of charge Mm -hmm. Uh, we just split that study income as it comes in so i think it had more to do with his sort of standing within the the medical group that they were willing to listen to him
0: okay wow that's tough man see i don't know if i would have done that right away that's it just sounds like so much work in nine months when i could just be maximizing you know, studies from my other PI I have. Well, and And you're doing
1: both. And that's interesting. And I think about this a lot is, (laughs) I mean, what you're doing is you're in a perfect position because, I mean, you can either grow or not. I mean, you can just stay in your clinic and do extremely well. And you don't need to have 15 people on staff, right? You could probably live a very nice, you know, nice life, uh, enrolling a few trials a year and enroll them very well. Uh, and, uh, you know, the opposite, the sort of opposite side of that is, you know, I tried to expand very quickly. Uh, so it's something I think about. I mean, I think you don't have to be huge to do well. You can be very small and do, you know, ostensibly better than somebody who's big.
0: Absolutely. I have probably every, every day, I think it's fair to say now every day, somebody's reaching out to me wanting to start a site. I don't know if I told you this before, but like we end up usually having conversation like phone calls with Chris. Chris does most of the talking because he's got it down now. Um, But I can tell in that first minute if this person's going to succeed or not. I don't know if I'm right every time. I'm a human also, but there's something there. Something about this business requires you to not need a roadmap. Right. And I think the people that tend to fail are people who ask you, like, for the roadmap and then you give them the roadmap that you used. And then they ask you, like, for sub roadmaps. And I'm (laughs) like, this is not going to just because it worked for me does not mean this is going to work in your situation. Like, there's a lot of variations here. And it seems like you didn't need a map. You just kind of picked up. And so, I mean,
1: I'll say I've been, it's something I've been thinking about a long time. And honestly, watching your youtube videos and listening to your podcast is i was like you know what man i'm just gonna go do the damn thing i've heard like validation and what i had thought and what you have were saying so i mean it it certainly you know and i'm not just kissing your ass but like it certainly motivated (laughs) me to to go give it a shot you know that's good Um,
0: man did we ever have a call like a conversation no no at the time no at the
1: time we, we had never never talked i just you know watch watch some of your videos i, I wonder
0: like, if we had that conversation i've been like yeah brad's brad's gonna do this brad's <laughs> gonna, <laughs> brad's i'm sure i would have that's but, even I mean, more that's, of a person like don't even call and that's work right. against yeah, my business goes. model sorry <laughs> but I mean, that's
1: that's the the blessing and the curse of this right is there's not really a roadmap so you can create your own which is the the benefit and the downside is that it's hard dude it's hard i can't tell you how to do it because it happens a million different ways. And yeah, it only happened. Look, I probably I bet I emailed 100 MSLs to get that one to tell me, yeah, let's talk. And probably, wow. you know, I probably talked to 10 who were like, yeah, you don't have a doctor. Great. Never mind. Go go away.
0: <laughs> what can you give me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a one conversation with MSL. So my PI, the guy I'm telling you is really cool. He doesn't like being on video that much, but he, he's on one of my videos. It's not that great of an interview. I'll try to do more with him as we get more comfortable with each other. But um, he he wanted this obesity study uh, from a big pharma company. And I'm like, all right, well, who's the sales rep? You know, I could, I could get the MSL through there. So his assistant gave me the sales rep's card. I called the sales rep, said, hey, who's the MSL? We're trying to get studies. Boom, we had like a 40 minute Zoom with me, the MSL and the doctor. And yeah, the MSL started pointing out like, all these different things we could be doing with that company. But he did say, hey, it's not going to happen overnight. It's like six to nine months. We'll get you in the system. So it's just planting those seeds, right? But you did it not just for studies. You did it to get other providers on board.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and again, that's the <laughs> that's the thing is it's, it's good and bad is you can succeed at a site level and creating sites and site networks. But frankly, you kind of have to have your fingers in as many cookie jars as possible i think because you don't know you don't know what's going to hit and what's not and again it's uh we've had physicians we've worked with everything looked great and you realize they're terrible pi and you don't want to work with them again or studies look great and it ends up they're terrible you can't enroll them uh you know you you've always got to be i think as diversified as you can be uh just with the opportunities available to you so it's uh some (laughs) of these
0: studies man they just they're asking for like the impossible basically
1: i this is why i get annoyed by how much talk there is about dct and decentralized uh, trials guys yeah, decentralized is, trials. i'm i get like nauseous every time i freaking read it but <laughs> just make the protocols do. make the protocols more what patients look like in real life it's not that hard you know
0: but Okay. Let's say they did do that. You know, then they wouldn't need that many research naive sites. I think it's a, also a blessing for if you want to keep making new sites, like new PIs, I think it's actually helps your business model. And to some extent, my business model too.
1: Oh, well that, that may well be, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say <laughs> that. Go ahead and uh, time stamp that. be we'll, careful we'll what you ask
0: that. for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, but I get what you're saying once you're in. Yeah, let's get the studies easier. (laughs) Right. Let's get the because some of them are just not. I don't want to give away study info, but there's one study that I worked on recently. Uh, not at this site, at my other site. They want it's a phase two, they want patients that are healthy, but then they have horrible symptoms of their medical condition. So it's like the doctor's like, these two things don't go together. Right. You know, usually it's not like the body systems are in a silo. Everything's connected. So you're not going to get these patients. Like there's going to be very few. You're going to have to screen like a hundred pre-screen a hundred to get like five on paper that are good. None of them you've even talked to yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) right.
1: Well, I mean, Hey man, I figure that's what they have to do to make sure their, their drug works and they get approved, you know, (laughs) because I can't understand why else you would make it so difficult for people to participate. And then, be like, why aren't you enrolling patients? Well, that's that's not what your normal patient looks like.
0: Cherry picking, but that's one of the reasons why we're able to get these studies to begin with. So, yeah, the, um, I guess how, when was it you started this with no funding, right? it Just bootstrap everything.
1: Yeah, no, it's all all bootstrap. To still haven't taken any investors on or anything like that. Um, Good. And I they prefer suck. it again. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I don't want. I started this in part because you know. I felt like I had a vision of what was wrong with how research is being done, at least where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you don't want somebody else sort of sticking their fingers in it. Usually people who don't know, they just have money.
0: The minute you take that investor money, I mean, it has to be the right deal because you start losing your company. I've been in that situation. I don't think I'll do it again on their terms. I'll do it on my terms. Bottom line is don't be desperate for money. <laughs> if you're, yeah, well, if you're uh, yeah, psych- I would- <laughs> Unless
1: it's enough money that I don't ever have to work ever again, then probably not. Probably exactly. not take it.
0: exactly. So you're, sometimes you get a PI like my PI number two, I'm going to pro I'm meeting him today. He's the sub buy on this study. I'm going to try to do like a five minute video with him. He's actually open to videos. He's not camera shy or anything. Uh, he's a dermatologist. He's a professor at UC Irvine and he works here in California. So he's like, he's big time. Um, I've been telling him since I got here, I'm going to try to find you a study. And luckily I got these studies from my other PI where we're using him as a sub buy and we're paying him pretty well. So he's not, he doesn't think I'm just full of crap, you know, but I haven't been able to get him a study yet because he's in a specialty that, you know, in derm, we were talking before we started recording they don't come around that often so how do you keep these PIs in your system and not thinking you're a charlatan
1: yeah that's that's always tough because again as you know like everything takes way too long it's always hurry up and wait right so you know they want their feasibility back in one day but you're not going to hear anything more from the sponsor for two months so you know that's that's a a constant challenge and honestly (laughs) it becomes chicken or the egg sometimes i almost have to wait till i have a potential study opportunity before i go try to hit up a pi or i'm just very clear up front and say listen you may not hear much from me for six months but i'm going to be out there looking for studies Uh, i may even reach out to you uh, for referrals, maybe we can start a referral relationship to, just to keep the the visibility and to keep the relationship sort of, you know, active, I guess, so to speak. Um, but I, I try to be pretty upfront uh, that, you know, it may be a while and then I would go bust my ass to try to find them studies as fast as I can. What you're doing is the perfect thing to do. I mean, make them a sub-eye and at least they see that, you know, you're coming from a place of good faith. You're trying, uh, you're not just saying, yeah, some fly-by-night dude that's like, hey, check it out, clinical trials, and they never hear from you again.
0: Yeah, I think I got and lucky that's with happened. this guy, too. It does happen. It happens all the time. There, I'll tell you a story after, but uh, this PI number two that I have, he's, um, believe it or not, Brad, he did his entire training, three-hour training. He did it. He downloaded the certificates. The lady couldn't open his attachments. He resent them. This is like wow. amazing PI. Yeah, like... that is, that is. That's <laughs> so, our commitment right there. I want to keep him. So like I try to meet with him. He, like my strategy is like to go meet like face-to-face at least once every two weeks or something. And like, it's easier when you actually have something to meet about. So today he's signing a delegation log, but yeah, it's tough, man. Because after a while they're like, well, I guess get me a study. But in the meantime, I'm seeing thousands of patients. So.
1: Well, have you? So let me ask you this. Have you had luck? This is something I struggle with in terms of sort of, um, you know, to really strengthen the idea of building a network. Like, how can you leverage the relationships, right? So, creating a referral system, maybe even for doctors who aren't sub eyes on the trial you're working on, how can you incentivize in a way that doesn't, you know, skirt any ethical rules and potentially engage them? that way Does, so you know referrals,
0: referrals from them to your studies
1: yeah 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 so like say for example that dermatologist wasn't a sub i but said oh, hey okay we, we'd like to start working together i'm going to find some studies for you in the meantime mm-hmm. uh how can you know would you like to refer some patients to their trial that yeah. is active and we can you know well, how do you <laughs> how <laughs> do you make I've that worth it, their time
0: the way i've done it is by default i try to get them as sub eyes unless they tell me no sure um usually when you explain what that means they say yes so what that allows me to do now is bypass that referral fee thing yeah yeah. just pay them very well for their assessments i mean paying them super well like i had to negotiate my guy down because i gave him too high of a number he gave me too high (laughs) of a number i said yes and then I got the budget. I was like, actually, it's not I gonna like, be that <laughs> right. <laughs> he was cool, he negotiated down too, because it's still a lot. So that's the way I've been getting around it. Um, I have an ophthalmologist who bless his heart, man. The guy's 92 years old won't stop working, right? <laughs> He said, "Give me studies if you can, but I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be around." <laughs> right, right, <laughs> is what he told me. But I'm paying him for the assessments. So he's a sub I as well, and he gave me his CV and uh, to get studies. So from my experiences, they're okay with being sub I's if you explain what that means.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm trying to envision a world where I'm working with you know ten practices. Yeah, I don't want to add. I don't want to add ten sub I's because Jesus, that's uh, a lot yeah. of, of crap yeah. to keep up with. So, and you know, I, I'm with you and that's generally the strategy I would take is make him a sub I, and then you really don't, there's no worries, but yeah again, how to sort of scale that without making it harder on yourself. Cause and I don't know the answer. I mean, it's a, I it's think this question,
0: I think there's no way to avoid that, at least from my experiences, because then you have that whole referral fee thing. And I guess you can still do that, but they don't really feel good about it. Neither do you. It's just cleaner. make them a sub buy and hopefully you have a coordinator or a regulatory you know a major unlock i had i have a remote because the e-source and e-reg i have a crc academy intern monica sent me her she's in san francisco she manages my regulatory files i have to actually go get the signatures but then i scan everything send it to her she files it when a monitor needs access boom talk to chloe Don't talk to me. I'm busy. Talk to Chloe. (laughs) That's been helpful. So even if you had 10 sub eyes and now all we have to do is replace me running to each one to get a signature. But in the beginning, I actually want to be the one running out because they don't really know you yet. Right.
1: Well, yeah. Well, and again, that's a, that's a, I don't know, bottleneck of, of the system a little bit, but it's also kind of necessary, right? Like you have to build that relationship out and you (laughs) you don't necessarily want your coordinator depending you may you may be cool with your coordinator uh doing it but really i'm i don't think i'm much different than you and that sort of we sort of are our business in a in a big way whether that's good or bad you know is arguable but uh i do think it's super smart as much as you can centralize so you don't have to be be doing that. that that's a good idea and not something we've look man i'm this is maybe another conversation but like i'm Love the concept of going full e-source and full e-reg, but I can't convince myself to do it for <laughs> a couple of reasons. Ones that it is still extra work, especially if, if a sponsor is providing source for you. Do I want to rebuild it? Do I want to spend all the time to rebuild it when the sponsor's not going to pay me to, to rebuild it or or even contribute to you know any of the other costs that are associated with that. And then B, you got to have a PI who's willing to jump in and sign right now Cause that stuff's timestamp. There's no, there's no room to play. Yep. They, you know, all that is going to get, you're going to be very, very held to that. And that's, you know, scary sometimes. So, you know, it, it's a, you're right. It, it provides some efficiencies and some smart, some ways to work smarter, but it also has its downsides. I think it has downsides. Risks.
0: It has downsides and that's somebody who uses Creo. Um, we have a very complicated study. It requires blinded and unblinded investigators on both sides so and the sponsor provided the source so the unblinded stuff we're converting to e-source the blinded stuff is just the same assessments over and over that's for the sub buys you know i know they're not going to log into on their phones and do that right. just, it's easier to do it on paper uh for the right study it makes sense though especially if you're like uh limited on space like i i could barely fit lab kits and drug i I can't fit binders and and we still have the physical ISFs, right? But uh, as far as patient source, those things get pretty big also. That's and true. so that's what we found is like the e-source is helpful. Now we haven't seen any patients yet to actually have source, but I gave myself no option when I moved here. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do paper here. I'm going to switch the e-source. And it's much easier to start. If you're going to do it, just start start with it from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's fair. Fair point. But, but again, I see I benefits find...
0: from the regulatory already,
1: and that makes sense. And again, maybe it's just a band aid I need to pull off at some point. But uh, again, it's that hesitation. And you've got again, some doctors would be perfectly fine, no problem. They know they check their email, they're whatever the case may be. I need them to sign something. It's not going to be a problem. <laughs> but others, not so much. And you know, know, again, I hate to have half a system on paper and half a system not on paper. It's it's a challenging decision to dive into. I think
0: I agree. It's for it has to have the right study and the right investigators. But I think it's going to open up other positions, like something like a PI, um, where they call it. Um, the word's not coming to me. Concierge PI concierge. You know, your job is to like go to every PI that hasn't logged in and go tell them what they're doing. Like, go do it if you have to grab their fun and do it go do it with them <laughs> right someone like that i think it's going to open up other roles like i think technology always does that it, that's it, actually
1: no that's that's smart and i think something i've looked at i'm obviously i'm not at that point but having someone go do sort of like basically having a drug rep for your trial company right so yeah they go schmooze up the doctor maybe they go meet new doctors get more pi referrals uh, yeah. help you start building your network out but that would be a job that i think would fit right in is if you're exactly. gonna meet up with them then uh here you're gonna log into i use i use real time now but creo as well
0: okay real time judy uses real time for uh, one of my latinos and clinker research partners co-founders uh she likes it but i just had a good relationship with the guys at creo so stick to stick to them loyal loyal um <laughs> there's a lot we could talk about brad i feel like we can do these over and over and over again, but I know you got to go, but there's, it's like, you know, for site owners, this is one of the models to, to do it. We're looking to get our own space because we're running out of space in our doctor's office. Um, there's different ways. Like just because Brad does it or I do, it doesn't mean that's what you're going to do.
1: No, I would say again, uh, do it however works for you. I mean, it's, it's, there's again, there doesn't have to be a, hard and fast roadmap for it. And frankly, I think those are the people that are succeed. The people that are, can problem Thank you. solve.
0: Thank you. The, the, I hate when people say, hey, I want to start a site. I have no PI. Can you give me your business plan? And it, I tell them, like, if you're a client, we'll give you our business plan. But what good is it going to do you if you don't have a PI and your PI doesn't like the business plan? Like, what, what, why are we wasting time? Go find PIs. Don't worry about business plan.
1: Yep. And again, make it work. Maybe it's a percentage. Maybe it's a line item. Don't try to figure it out until you figure it out. You know, you you can't. (laughs) You got to go figure out what works before you can start putting it on paper.
0: I had one potential client. They keep texting me because we had a call a few weeks ago. They don't have a PI. They keep texting me like little micro questions like, well, how much do you pay patients? And I'm like, every protocol is different. Oh, well, we right. need a ballpark. Well, no, you don't, you don't even have a PI. <laughs> Why do you right. need to worry about patients? Pay you don't have, patient. have any patients to pay, man. <laughs>
1: Who are you paying? <laughs> so well, it's I, like, I think, un- unfortunately, that's like a sort of byproduct of the industry too, though, right? Like, I feel like a lot of coordinators or people at the site level are so like, you follow a protocol, you have source documents, you have, CRF it's all very regimented Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's easy to sort of get into that mindset and we spend all our time getting beat up by CRAs if we don't color within the lines so you know to sort of have to shift that thinking I think it's just a different you know maybe a different skill set or just a different way of looking at it
0: I think so I think it it takes a different person than just because you're a CRA doesn't entitle you to be a good site owner or a successful site owner no
1: like and that. you may you may be the worst site on the worst honestly
0: i tend to lean towards that if i had a gun in my head because right. they they're taught to think inside a box and right when you started this you didn't think inside any box brad you were all drawing all outside the line
1: dude i i did a site selection visit with a chair and a refrigerator
0: in one of <laughs> one of
1: my new doctor's clinics and we got the study
0: Wow, that's big time, man. That's legendary. We figured it out. (laughs) I did an SSV once. I was already experienced, but we moved to San Bernardino. We didn't have our lease signed yet. We were about to. So our lease that we were going to, our office we were going to use, the suite, was not even available. And it was around the holidays. So the CRA came out for SSV. I told the landlord, hey, man, I need to get this study (laughs) or I can't sign this lease. And he's like, all right, well, just use our conference room. So I used their conference room and I told the CRA, hey, they're renovating our office. We, we picked the holidays because it's slow. <laughs> we got the study. We got yeah. the study. There Red, you go. Like there's no like CRF or regulation or SOP about that's going to help you with something like that.
1: True. Yeah. No, that, that's absolutely right. You just got to go do the damn thing, man.
0: Red, we got to do more, man. I know you got to bounce. Well, people can find you on LinkedIn. I'll put the link underneath the video and in the show notes. Anything else? Note to file podcast. You have yep. to go listen. It's a must. It's a must.
1: Well, it's about time to have you back on. So
0: man, that's good. I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a podcasting mood now. I know we're about to get busy in the in the <laughs> beginning of next year. So yeah, start banking Let's some episodes. It. Let's bank those episodes. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Go to Note to File Podcast right now on any pa- pl- podcast platform and on LinkedIn. Go follow up Brad and talk to him. He's accessible and he replies back to everybody.
1: I do. Thanks, Dan.
0: Take care, guys. Bye-bye.